Listening to the Living That Life Digital Nomad Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes if you're a boss, and check out the YouTube channel for dope travel videos. Let's get it, How long does it take to get your Amazon product up and running and then keep it running? How much time does it take? Someone was asking me yesterday. Well, to do the 90-day program thing we're saying 20 hours a week so i call that full-time side hustle so five days a week four hours and i call four hours like one laptop session so like one laptop session a day five days a week if you do that for 90 days for three months you can have your um, product listed on Amazon. To keep it running, I was telling them, it's really up to you, of course. Everything that's a side hustle, everything that's your own business, it's up to you how fast you wanna go. But most people typically, if they list a product on Amazon, they launch on Amazon, you're gonna spend at least a couple hours a day working on that business. Optimizing everything, make sure it's perfect, working on getting some more videos, working on getting some customer photos, working on Amazon PPC. Maybe you're creating some social channels for your brand, at least a couple hours a day, but really to keep it up and running, you don't have to do anything. Once it's listed on Amazon, it's listed on Amazon. You may have to answer a few customer questions per week. Obviously, it depends on the sales velocity. You should reply to every review, positive and negative. So long story short, it's, it's up to you. This is a side hustle. It's up to you how fast you wanna grow it. But of course, once you have one product up there, then you wanna launch another one and then you wanna launch another one and then you build your storefront and that's how you grow this business. That's how you do this business model. All right, any questions? Jacob, what's happening? Um, if you're there, um, let me see if I can get you on. Just chilling in Bangkok. Here's my office view. My condo view. How's it going? Yo. Hey. What's up, man? Not much. Just gotten hanging out with the wife for a bit. My hair's yep. crazy. <laughs> yep, yep. Yeah, I literally uh, just got a haircut. Just cut my own hair this morning. Nice. Yeah, just went for the went for the buzz. Yeah, uh, yeah. Where are you, where are you from, you know, man? So I'm from Utah, but I was right. raised in Seattle. So okay. do you know Eli Volinsky? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, he came out to Bali. Uh, I've known him through Danny, who's my best friend. Um, okay. They're in the, uh, the cannabis biz together. And then uh, Eli came out to Bali to visit us. So we hung out in Bali for a couple of weeks. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah, he's yeah awesome. my, So my stepbrothers are, are best friends with him. So I kind of just know him through my stepbrothers from growing up. But yeah. Nice. Nice, so. nice. So you're, uh, you're finishing college or just in between uh, semesters or? Yeah, so I'm a junior. I'm at BYU. So I'm doing accounting, it's, I think it's like, it's always like top three in America. So mm -hmm. my family's just always done business. And so I figured accounting is probably the best way to go just to get like the basic understandings of business, you know, it's the language of business. Mm -hmm. So if I'm going to get a degree in something, the goal is to be an entrepreneur and do a ton of businesses. Yeah. But my family just it's kind of an expectation to get through college. So. <laughs> 
banging it out. Yep. Yeah. I feel you, man. I feel you, man. I get, I get that all the time. It's like a lot of people. Yeah. A lot of people are in the same boat. There's some, there's some parents, family, grandparents expectation. Um, even though you want, you know, you want to be independent. Um, yeah, I get it. Yeah. It, it can be difficult. It's especially interesting with coronavirus right now and everything going on. Yeah. All the classes are online. (laughs) Yeah. That's so obviously all the classes and exams are online. Yeah. That's, Oh (laughs) yeah. I was thinking like, how are all these college students? Like, huh? So it's really unfortunate. They're, they're doing polls for all the, the accounting students at BYU and other, other business areas and like 80% of students feel like they're getting gypped right now hardcore out of like really learning because it's so you know like what can teachers do they have five days to come up with a new plan higher schedule to make it doable you know so yeah yeah and uh yeah especially all the uh students that require some hands-on thing like the science students yeah like i don't know how they they do that (laughs) yeah working on cadavers Uh, and stuff there's yeah there's no lab there okay um interesting okay so the exams are all online so that's gotta be i guess have its pros and cons yeah what have you thought about the exams is it it like easier to take the exams now because you can just like google shit pretty much (laughs) like my my uh finance professor um pretty much said open book open note unlimited time so just no talking to anyone who's in the class (laughs) Hmm. and it it went from a a, like c plus average over the last few years to now it's going to be like an a so (laughs) yeah 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 they're just like conceding that like there's nothing we can do to you know what's what's your opinion on college and everything oh man well uh it's like everything is is clear 2020 in hindsight you know um so i'm just a classic case of someone who's not using their major at all um i was a biochemistry major uh because coming out of high school uh, I had to pick a major, and that, that was something that interested me, you know, at the time. Um, but I actually didn't realize that I wanted to be an entrepreneur uh, and and not have a job yeah. until uh, <laughs> one to two years after college when I realized, oh, um, I'm never going to get rich as an employee. I want to be rich. Um, you know, I've always been ambitious as a kid, but I never, like, put two and two together that, like, you got to have your own business um, if you want to, if you want to get rich and, you know, play the game, so to speak. So <clears throat> looking back, I'm just like, my whole e-commerce career got started from a $600 course that I bought in 2013. So I just look back at that and I'm just like, oh, so you can probably guess my opinion about, uh, college. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, it happens to so many people. Like almost, like not everyone, but a lot, like a large way talk with and ask what they're doing now as a career and what they graduated with. Like it's almost never, I feel like it's 50-50 almost. Like most people just end up doing what they love and the career that they did didn't necessarily help them. But I think the benefits, if you do go to a a well-known college, like an established college, you do make a lot of connections. I think that's where the value in college comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that being said, you can definitely probably make those same connections if you really put effort to meet people. So and not yeah. maybe go into debt, you know, two hundred k. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I uh, I have several YouTube videos about the college subject, and um, I have a I have a, a blog article called called College Alternatives because obviously I think about this a lot, um, and the the experience is something that's hard to put a dollar amount on um, and the networking being a part of that. And uh, yeah, just like you said, like there's always a way to, to hack college and to get some of the value out of it. Um, 
that you would get going to college, but not. Like, for example, I wrote a, uh, I had a friend who did this. He lived on campus, but he wasn't actually going co to college, you know? So, like, that's how you can hack, mm -hmm. you know, the party experience. Yeah. Um, probably similar thing with the networking. You can just live near campus and you know, go to all the events. Um, but anyway, yeah, I have plenty of, uh, there's plenty of ways to, you know, hack the system. Um, my whole life is basically, you know, a life hack, you know, living in Southeast Asia for half the cost and uh, working from anywhere, you know. Um, How does that work? You know, so, so like with, with income tax and, and also just like, like sales tax in, in general, like how does all that work? Uh, everything is if I was still in the States. So my okay. business has nothing to do with where I'm traveling or where I'm living. Uh, I'm literally just on vacation. Um, okay. Just just traveling, just slow travel, uh, they call it. Uh, so our business is registered in the States, so everything's the exact same as if we were in the States. Okay. That's pretty cool. So, so you're actual official place of residence is the u.s but you're six months out of the yep. year in thailand yep yep um more like 11 to 12 months uh okay <laughs> 10 10 to 11 months abroad um but uh yeah this is when we when we first took a trip to thailand like in 2013 uh because my business partner and best friend parker he did a semester abroad actually in thailand and then me and Danny and Danny's brother and another friend came out to visit um, a Leroy, who Eli is one of his uh, managers. Um, we came out to visit Parker for a couple weeks and like, we're like, hey, let's like, that was awesome, but that was too short. Let's like get a job abroad for a year. So we looked into like teaching English or uh, working at one of these uh, resorts or something like that. Um, Let's just live abroad for a year, you know, get that travel experience. And then um, we started watching YouTube videos about, like, living in Thailand, working in Thailand. And then we found this one guy's uh, YouTube channel, and he's talking about drop shipping. He's working online, living in Chiang Mai most of the year. And uh, we're like, oh, shit, let's do that. Uh, sounds yeah. way better than having a job, you know, be live on your own terms, et cetera, et cetera. Um, so that guy ended up putting on a conference in Thailand, October 2014, and we we're like, "Fuck yeah, let's go to that." Uh, we went to it, started uh, selling on Amazon because another kid was there doing the same thing, and uh, yeah, basically never went back. Just been staying out here most of the year ever since. Oh. And, and what made you pick Thailand specifically? Is it just the cost of living? Uh, well, we basically, because of the conference, we came here. Um, okay. but the reason why Johnny and other nomads come out here, uh, came out before that, uh, yeah, the cost of living and, uh, Chiang Mai in particular has, they've kind of embraced the whole remote work revolution and they've set up like several co-working spaces, coffee shops, um, super fast Wi-Fi, um, and cost of living is like about a third to a half of what it would be in a, in a major U.S. city okay. uh, with similar life lifestyle. Um, and just uh, the fun of being abroad, the travel, the nice weather, um, the exoticness. You know, it's for a lot of people, it's way more interesting than living in your hometown. You know, you're living in another culture. Uh, and so, yeah, over the past five years, it's, it's grown and grown and grown, this remote worker community. A lot of people, uh, if they run an online business, they'll just come spend uh, most of the year or some of the year out here, save money, and um, just kind of feels like you're on vacation every day. And what about the uh, – my wife actually really wants to move to Thailand after we finish school. and. Nice. Um, we, we looked up online just like the pros and cons and one of the things it mentioned is that there were bombing 16 or something like that do you know anything about that uh no i don't well maybe it wasn't as big of a deal as they made it sound or fake fake news i don't know <laughs> but it said there were bombings yeah. in uh, a few of the cities and there were, there were like four deaths so 
I don't know how serious it must have been. But. Yeah, no, this is, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, Thailand's one of the safest countries in the world. And uh, you can obviously just look at the U.S. and, you know, deaths, exactly. deaths by terrorists <laughs> is like one of the highest yep. in the world. So, yeah. yeah. Huh, that's pretty cool. Um, but I do have a video. I do have a couple of videos. If you search, uh, if you search pros and cons of digital nomad life, and then search my name on YouTube, I have some videos. Um, long story short, the main thing that I miss is not being around all of your friends. Um, you know, all the time. You know, not hanging yeah. around like all the homies like on a weekly basis. Um, but what made it easy for me. Um, and kind of a no-brainer is I came out here with my best friend, like, on, from the get-go. So, like, I had – it was a team from the get-go, and you're in the same same boat. You're, like, you're with your wife. You're, you guys are a team, so you're not yeah. going to be, like, by yourself alone. Um, but even the people that come out alone, it's interesting. Like, once you get out to a, a community abroad, it's so easy to meet people because, number one, there's a uh, expat – and or digital nomad Facebook group. And a lot of them have like weekly meetups. So you go to that and it's like, oh, there's 20 other people who are also living abroad in the same exact boat. You instantly have so much in common. You're, you're working remotely and or have an online business. And so, uh, yeah, and so we just, now we have like most of our friends out here now. So it's like, this is like our new like home. It's like, yeah, it's crazy. That's awesome. And yeah. what is the Nomad group? I should probably know by now, but uh, what is that? Uh, well, Nomad, I guess it's just a word for someone who uh, lives abroad and or okay. uh, someone, digital Nomad means you, you work remotely and you're living either some of the year or part of the year in somewhere other than your hometown. Most often it's referred to somewhere other than your home country. So digital nomad, it's just, it's just a term that I think like Tavares coined it in the four hour work week, which is, uh, yeah. <laughs> which is known as the digital nomad Bible. Are you okay. familiar? It sounds familiar. Not, not four hour work week. It was like, it was his first popular book. Are you familiar with Tavares? Okay. No, I've actually, yes, I've been recently really interested in real estate, but um, obviously like being in college, that's not, I mean, it's definitely doable, um, but I think something more like along the lines of what you're doing is more achievable in college. Oh yeah, so. compared to real estate? <laughs> yeah, well, not not being like a salesman, but owning rental properties, like doing FHA loans on on four unit complexes, renting out three of them to more more than cover your rent, and then mm -hmm. yeah, it's it's really fascinating to me. But I think I prefer to start other businesses that get mm -hmm. me get me up in the air a little more. If they... Yeah, yeah, for sure. I would definitely like to uh, in the future diversify my portfolio with some real estate. But the way I look at it is like real estate where you're collecting cash flow on a property would be more of a long-term uh, safe investment, yep. like long-term storage of wealth. Cause like <clears throat> I've met a good handful of entrepreneurs, digital, you know, entrepreneurs, they have a real estate property and then it makes them 500 bucks a month in you know, positive uh, cash flow. Uh, and their online business, their online <clears throat> Amazon store or whatever is making them 50 K a month. So that, the margins are yeah. <laughs> are way uh, more immediate and higher with uh, with something that you're you're flipping, for example, you're buying some products for you know five bucks, flipping it for twenty bucks. You can double your money way quicker um, mm -hmm. with a uh, with the e-commerce uh, type business. But I see real estate as a uh, more long-term thing. Yeah. Okay, and and so that actually leads me to another question I had was. On your on your YouTube videos, you say you get 10k net from from your e-commerce business, um, mm -hmm. and then I you know obviously there's people on YouTube who say they make like 40k or 50k, and whether that's net or not doesn't really matter. But 
Um, so what's the difference in, in you making 10K versus 20K versus, is it just like finding the right product takes a while or how does it, um, like progressing from 1K to 10K, how does that work? It's either the number of products or just how fast that product is selling. Okay. So that's it. So, so if you wanted to like go shoot up to 20K a month net, is it just putting in a lot more time to find more products? Yep. Yep. Okay. Yep. It's just more products. Um, you know, as in all business and in life, sometimes it takes a little bit of luck. So yep. we've, we've launched probably 12 products and I think maybe five of those have caught on and been like consistent, like multiple thousand a month profit. Um, so you know, compared to a traditional store or startup, that's much better success rate. Um, so, so yeah, people who are making way more, either they got lucky or they had um, your startup capital has a lot to do with it, of course. Okay. Because the more startup capital, the more products you can test at once. So, um, we got started truly bootstrapping. We almost ran out of money our first six months out here we had like 8k only saved up uh, me and Parker and uh we were down to like our last 2k in our bank account each and we're like oh shit we need to find a freaking product we need to flip this and yeah. luckily uh we found something um and uh launched on amazon and it, it caught fire and then we made version 2.0 and that has actually been selling for five years on Amazon. Wow. Uh, That's great. Yeah. Probably no, averaging, no like three to 4K, averaging three to four K profit a month, probably over those five years. Um, so, and I would say that's probably, uh, that's longer life cycle or shelf life, I would say than typical on Amazon, but it depends. Depends on the product. Depends on the amount of competition that comes in. Depends on how unique your product is. Depends on how many good reviews it is. I guess so. That product got six hundred up to six hundred and fifty reviews. Um, if your product hits a thousand reviews, then that like cements you in to page one, okay. and you're just like reaping in the money just for like years and years and years. I'm sure some some products have been on page one for a certain keywords just for 10 years. You know, it's like a snowball effect. After you get a thousand reviews, then everyone just buys you, 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 and then you're just like raking in the passive income doing basically nothing. Yeah. Okay. And um, so what are the, what are the risks to legalities in terms of, you know, uh, products being too similar to products that are already, you know, legally good question um definitely do your patent research so make sure there's not a patent on something um and that's pretty much it but uh, what i found is if you go to alibaba.com and there's a bunch of models designs for something uh, from several different suppliers usually it's not a patent issue um okay. <clears throat> we actually ran into this with our first product. They got canceled just in the nick of time. It was a stretchy elastic running belt. And the company Flip Belt had a, a patent on it. But what they do is they go after the Alibaba suppliers. And they went after the Alibaba suppliers and had them shut down their operation. So it wasn't on us, it was on the uh, manufacturer. Uh, but yeah, do a go to uspto.gov and search, search uh, whatever makes sense, and that's definitely part of it. Yep. Okay. Um, and, and people ask you this a lot in videos, and like everyone asks every YouTuber who talks about this. But um, as as far as like a timeline, you say twenty hours a week is going to be about six months, and I'm imagining that's probably twenty hours a week, six months of someone who's has a, a life they have a job they have to make money and, and they have to learn everything from scratch they have no real business knowledge is that correct and so i'm assuming like let's say 
you're like in college, you have a really good understanding of like the basic principles of business and things just come quick to you and you're willing to put in 40 to 60 hours a week and like really make it not just a side hustle, but something serious. Like where, where could you see potential in like serious growth instead of it just being a, a side gig for some extra cash? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you go virtually full time into it, um, it's very doable to within one one to two years be making. Uh, well, I'll tell you my little brother's story. Within one to two years, he was profiting a net four to six k, and that was just actually posted in the little video clip that then I had him share. Um, within one to two years, he was doing it part time. He was doing uh, he was doing DoorDash, and this. So sounds exactly. But he like would me. only do DoorDash, <laughs> you know, I don't know, six hours a day or something, and then the rest of the time yeah. on a laptop. So he said he was doing DoorDash for the first uh, maybe year and a half or something, and then after that, stopped doing DoorDash. He was full time living in Seattle, um, and his first product did not catch fire, but his second did um and it's similar with him um about a third of his products that he launched caught fire okay so yep and so so he he's now full-time doing that or it's now he's kind of like doesn't work full-time because he doesn't need to uh well yeah same shit right he doesn't need a job yeah. he he net profits think he said 150 to 200 K a year or okay. sorry, gross profit before tax. Yeah. So he doesn't okay. need a job. He's, he's full time doing it. Um, how much time he spends at the laptop is uh, much less than me. He doesn't spend that much time at his laptop. He was, he just visited me uh, in January out here and he's like, yeah, I don't work. That. He's like, he works like on a laptop, like a couple days a week, I think. Okay. Um, you know, it's everyone has their own situation. Mm -hmm. He seems to be, you know, some people get a little bit complacent. You know, if you're making a hundred K a year, you're like, get a little bit complacent. Yeah. <laughs> and so he's like, he's like, yeah, man, I'm trying to figure out like what I want to do with my time. You know, <laughs> yeah, that's a great problem imagine. to have, you know, when you get yeah. there, like <laughs> this money is These checks are getting deposited into my bank account automatically every two weeks. So he's like, he's kind of at that stage. It's like, you know, you got to find your passion. Like, what do you want to do as your passion project? And I consider that to be part of the old overall plan is this e-commerce hustle thing is a stepping stone to free up your time to start your dream business. You know what I'm saying? Okay. And um, one of my dream businesses is to, to travel the world and make videos and you know, be a YouTuber, have fun, um, you know, do check off my fucking life bucket list, yeah. you know, travel the world, you know, it's so many of us have this dream. Um, so lucky to have been able to start a passion business through my YouTube channel. Um, and I'm also passionate about science and learning and teaching. Maybe in the future, I can start a little science education youtube channel but for for me my teaching has evolved into teaching amazon and e-commerce because through my youtube channel people ask me you know what do you do so i'm like okay right. i do amazon so i've just like become the amazon guy now mm -hmm. um so this now this is coaching consulting as a side business um but yeah i see you know flipping physical products as a, as a stepping stone to you know pursue pursue your dreams for sure. But getting free of a job is step one, getting, yeah. getting your time, getting your time back. So you can structure your day, your week, your month, your year, how you want. Um, and a, a big part of that is being able to travel whenever you want. Cause so much, so many of us uh, want to travel, especially when we're young. So that was our first goal. We just want to be able to travel whenever we want and or stay in Thailand and live there for as much as we want. So, yeah. So 
I guess where I'm confused a little bit is just, it seems to me like it's more, so it seems like your initial plan, your, your like picture of what this um, like side hustle is, is that it, it's potential to be like a full-time taken seriously to like on a massive scale. It's, it's, it's more of like a stepping stone to like do something more because it's not necessarily what you, what like most people want to do as a career for the rest of their life. Does that sound right? Uh, yes. And I will, I'll add this in too as well that I left out. So, um, yeah, I think, I mean, the dream, like the purpose of life, you know, is to, to be happy. And I think, um, this is in the four hour work week, Tim Ferriss coins it this way. He says, um, excitement equals happiness. So when people say they just want to be happy, they really mean they want to have an exciting life. So having an online business is uh, very good at um, passive income. So taking care of your income, that's now your income is taken care of. Now you have all this time, brain space to figure out what you want to do with your life. And um, which is uh, hopefully everyone will pursue, you know, what makes them happy, AKA what's exciting to them. Um, but one thing that's very exciting is making more money. Yeah. <laughs> so my career, my career is not just an Amazon seller selling physical products. My career is an entrepreneur. Like, and you too, you said you want to be an entrepreneur. So the Amazon business model, I see it as a great first stepping stone for entrepreneurs um, to catapult into your next entrepreneurial venture whatever it may be with real okay. estate, more, more physical products, do some digital products like I'm doing now too. Um, offer uh, some services through like consulting, which I have too with my Amazon agency. Um, but I'm always going to be launching physical products. Um, but I'm also going to be always diversifying with more digital products, more uh, services. And then in the future, real estate, uh, you know, own a farm, have some lands, um, have some have some gold and some silver, have some uh, cryptocurrencies. Um, so the goal of an entrepreneur, you know, is to um, uh, you know build wealth, build you know build wealth, you know, yeah, you know, build wealth in for multiple yourself. different everyone, ways, everyone. not just one. Yeah. Yeah, build, okay. uh, have multiple streams of income. I mean, that's the goal for everyone, for all entrepreneurs, basically. Um, so that's one thing is, is building, building wealth, you know, but there's also the other side of doing what you love. As cliche yeah. as it sounds, uh, like I'm at the point where I'm just like, you know, I have this passive income, so, you know, you got to figure out and it's a lifelong journey figuring out what you like spending your time doing. Um, so, but you know, the ideal, the ideal long-term goal is to do what you love doing. And um, ideally this is what happens a lot of times is if you're doing what you love and putting out good work, I guess, in your, your field that you love, then you're going to end up getting paid for it anyway. So for me, making travel videos hopefully in the coming years that will become a full-time thing but it's like that's what i love doing anyway and eventually hopefully ideally your your passion projects will bring in an income yeah. and that's it's not it's not like work you know it's, mm -hmm. it's cliche but if you do what you love you'll never work a day in your life yeah uh so that's the goal but there's no reason that you can't scale your um, your physical products business to multiple, multiple million dollars. Like we think our new okay. brand, and you can ask Eli what it is, uh, has multiple, multiple million dollar potential. Um, but the, the good part about having your own business is you don't have to work in the business you work on the business, so you hire employees. Hey, we have this physical product brand. We hire employees, give them the plan, go research new products, 
okay, you guys go grow that. I'm the CEO. I step back. I start another business. I start this digital product business over here. Or I started completely, I started a new fashion brand over here. So the entrepreneur, it's like, think like Elon Musk. He, he's starting all these projects. He's the mastermind, the CEO. And then he has employees who run the business. Yeah. So with, with uh, the Amazon business in particular, is you can outsource it relatively quickly through uh, freelancers. We have a handful of freelancers that, uh, that we work with that take care of the like, day-to-day operations. Um, we're kind of more business development stuff um as you know i have i have tons of free time to work on my my digital products my consulting and stuff um but yeah that's how i see the uh, entrepreneur journey start something up find good employees which is it's not easy to find the right people but after you find the right people put together the right team boom that's running now you can go start your next venture um I've I've read like quite a few books on on different business theories and things like that and um one of the having a group group of people that you connect with and mm-hmm. um like forming those relationships how would you recommend going about doing that with with it being a digital platform Mhm Well um yeah, I'm, I'm a whole digital guy, so you could argue, and I argue that it's actually easier than ever to connect with people who are doing the same thing and with someone who ha- is doing exactly what you want to do, living the life that you want to live. For example, uh, well, right now we got connected through friends of friends, but um, I've had subscribers of my YouTube channel, this 19-year-old kid found me through my podcast actually he just searched like digital nomad or amazon something found me through my podcast uh we did a call uh i helped him get started in his e-commerce thing um so i would argue it's relatively easier than ever to find a mentor and or a uh, mastermind group and or a specific um, online course about exactly what you're trying to do. Like you go to uh, to Skillshare, like one of these platforms. There's a course for like anything now. You, you go online. There's an online course for anything. Like all these educational platforms. Um, and then, uh, yeah, is that what you mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. It, it's just making the right connections and knowing the right people. Yeah, these, just, these uh, Facebook groups, like, there's there's a million, like, Amazon seller Facebook groups, like, Facebook groups, same thing. Facebook group for anything. You just go in there, like, interact, like, do a Zoom call, hang out. Like, you can find people that are doing the same thing like that. It's just a quick, yeah. quick uh, search. Um, and then also I throw in there uh, conferences. There's a conference for everything. There's Amazon seller, multiple Amazon seller conferences. Silicon is one that's in the U.S. Uh, there's a digital nomad slash uh, digital marketing conference every year in Thailand. The one that we went to in 2014, I, I go every year. Um, conferences are, are huge. Uh, met some uh, great friends there. The one that we first went to in uh, 2014, like some of our, some of our best friends, uh, we met there still friends with including evan he was he was 19 at the time of the conference 19 or 20 he dropped out after two years blasted off to that conference and now he's been full-time just online entrepreneur since then uh another kid named ocean super dope story he was 18 at the time came straight from graduating high school from london got into doing facebook ads and amazon and uh you know made some stable you know base income from that and then got into his passion project which was making music making making beats he started his youtube channel doing tutorials on how to make beats about a couple years ago i remember he's i have a couple interviews on on my channel if you search ocean uh riley bennett um i have 
two interviews. But anyway, his channel blew up. Now he has almost 200K subscribers on YouTube. And he's doing his passion now, which is, uh, which is music. Um, so, uh, so yeah, awesome. 190K subscribers now. Wow. That's pretty much what you want to be doing, but with traveling. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and music too, believe it or not. Like I was really into like making beats in high school. I would love to get back into it. So I'm like super jealous of what Ocean's doing right now. Um, yeah, I, I definitely have a huge, I'm, I'm a, I'm a huge music head. Um, so yeah, in the future, but you know, like <clears throat> working on, um, we're still working on, you know, our, our Amazon business, our e-commerce business. Um, cause you know, this is what we have right in front of us. This is the opportunity to, and we think we can, we can scale it. Like we're, yeah. we're just we were just getting ready to do Facebook ads and like try to scale the fuck out of it. Um, until Corona happened and we were like, ah, not quite sure about it. We may still test here soon. Um, but, uh, yeah, working on this, but you know, it's the entrepreneur journey. We're just keep swinging the bat, try to get to that. You know, we're trying to two X, five X, 10 X. We've been trying to two X, five X, 10 X over the last, freaking four years but it's not easy to do that um yeah. you know i know some guys have a podcast coming out with uh, john yoon he dropped out his senior year of college he got into uh facebook advertising for physical products and uh he was able to scale the fuck out of an ad that was working and uh over the last three years he's profited three million uh gross profit nice so, yeah, it's, I'm just all in on the internet because after you find something that's working, um, especially with advertising, you can just scale it. You put in one dollar, you make back a dollar fifty. All right, how much money we got on credit cards? Boom. Yeah. <laughs> money, you make more yeah. money back. So it's it's simple as that. You can, and especially if you have a product that can fulfill worldwide. That's what he did. He just scaled the fuck out of it worldwide. That's one of those videos that you see on your Instagram feed. Some freaking back straightener. That was one of his things. Um, put that video in front of millions of people, and it was positive ROI. Yeah. Uh, what are your thoughts on product pooling? Product what? Product pooling. It's like Amazon pooling. has that. Yeah. What is that? So, sir, like if you have a, a product on Amazon that you want to sell and Amazon, like the warehouses have a similar product, like almost pretty much the exact same thing. They'll pool all the products to where they might accidentally, you know, sell someone else's product instead of yours when they ship it to the customer, but you have much cheaper cost of storage. Or do you find that the cost of storage to just have it be locked in your own space is just worth it to guarantee quality? Um, not sure what you're talking about. Are you talking about in Amazon's warehouse? Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah so you if there's your... like multiple of this of a very, very similar product where they're almost the same. They'll kind of just product pool, throw it in the same place. Does that make sense? No, I, each product, each product has its own unique barcode. So I've never heard of okay. that uh, happening. Huh. In, unless, okay. unless you're selling the exact same product as as another seller which is not that's not the private label method um okay. for example some people may sell um some people may sell like uh, like macbook chargers They're, so if you go to macbook charger on, on amazon it may be like sold by and then there's like 10 different okay. sellers that's called the buy box the one the seller that has the lowest price it will automatically ship from them so okay. that's if you're selling something, same brand, same product, um, same SKU. But uh, with private label, you have your own listing. It's completely, completely separate uh, ASIN and SKU number. There's no chance of it getting, there's no chance of them shipping the wrong uh, product to the customer. I've never heard that. Okay. Um, and uh, another question I had was when you want to test a product, 
how how many do you want to have shipped to you to like test the quality? Because just one, they might just you know make the best one. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, everyone has their own level of comfort. It depends on the product. Um, you know, what's the risk of it having a defect? Some products are simpler than others. Uh, we typically order. Well, in prototype phase, we order a handful, like, you know, a handful, whatever makes sense. And then like a, like a box worth, like I got some boxes underneath here. Uh, I got some boxes of samples underneath here. Um, order a nice box worth. And then um, once it's done in packaging everything, order another box worth uh, to yourself. Um, but what most people do and what we do is we pay for a, a third party inspection service. Um, I can recommend one. They go to the factory and they uh, inspect the units. They give you a whole detailed report. All right, it was 2% defect rate, blah, 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 blah. They inspect all the units. And what is that company? Uh, It's called a product inspection service. Okay. Uh, I don't know the name of the company, sorry. Oh, you're good. You have, you have to ask <laughs> I thought you had later. a specific one you wanted to recommend. Uh, yeah, we okay. do. Parker handles the logistics, so I'll have to uh, get it from him. Okay. No worries. Um, mm-hmm. So I guess just sorry for bombing you with so many questions. <laughs> no, I'll go. Um, I like it. Uh, so it, it all just kind of comes back to like the, the first one. It's just it's like startup cost obviously is going to depend on what kind of products you're getting. The sweet spot is between nine ninety nine and forty nine ninety nine. Obviously, if you're mm-hmm. going to be selling a forty nine ninety nine product or forty, the Alibaba price or whatever the manufacturer price is probably going to be higher than a nine ninety nine product. And so the startup cost would vary between different products, I'd imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, but like as a as a general rule, what would you like cap yourself at for being reasonable? to test one product yeah i'd say between <clears throat> between 800 and 2k i say is okay. uh would be ideal for a test order okay. and so that's the first small batch of your first product you've chosen the product i would say i in an ideal world try to spend between eight and 2k um I say that because my mom got started with her product for $800 and it was relatively cheap to buy and like only $2 wholesale per piece. And um, so what, 400 pieces. And um, that was, that was two and a half years ago. Now it's still selling, uh, making, I think between one and two K profit. Uh, started with $800 of inventory and just wow. went up from there. Uh, my little brother uh, borrowed $1,500 from my dad for his first uh, inventory batch. So, um, yeah, eight, you know, not spending more than 2 k I say would be, you know, ideal, but depends on the product. Some, some, uh, some suppliers may have a high minimum order quantity quantity so uh you just got to negotiate with them um you know standard negotiation stuff um usually like i come at them up front hey we're interested in buying ten thousand of these like you play it like you're you're a real serious buyer hey we're interested in buying ten thousand what's your mlq or no uh, what's your fob price freight on board and lead time and they give you a big price for ten thousand say okay uh, great. Um, sounds good. Everything we want to move forward. Um, but before we place the 10,000 order, uh, we would like to smart start with two, whatever makes sense, 500 units yeah. just to verify the quality. Um, uh, please send an invoice with that price for 500 units. So you're getting the so you're ask, you're assuming they're going to give you the ten thousand dollar unit price, ten thousand unit price. Yeah. But for five hundred, so you're just kind of okay. assuming. Hey, okay, please send that. Please send the invoice for that price. This times five hundred equals this. Okay, I'll send it via PayPal. You accept? Okay, just like basic, you know, business tactics. Like assume assume the sale, um, and see what they say. 
Um, but yeah, you're a business guy. Basically, negotiation stuff with the supplier. And, or another way to do it is to use a third party to go negotiate. Um, and the, that company is called Source Find Asia. I actually had okay. the founder, founder of that, of, founder of that on my podcast. Um, he has a podcast as well. And I actually just texted them this morning uh, about something. They can, uh, they can negotiate on your behalf. But um, it's pretty easy on Alibaba. You just click send message, and then yeah. you just type two sentences, like like what I just said. Okay. Um, pretty pretty simple. Um, and, and how has like obviously you said your your company's sales are down uh, because of coronavirus, but at least it's still you know not going under. Um, yeah. But then in in your recent videos as well, you talk about how um, now is there's so much room to enter the market as long as you find mm -hmm. like a niche within a niche, there's plenty of room to enter. Mm -hmm. So like, can you talk more about it being difficult, mm -hmm. obviously with coronavirus and in the time to deliver products and things like that, mm -hmm. but also having room. <laughs> it seems like um, positive yeah, and negative where they balance. Yeah. It depends on the, the niche, obviously. Um, so right now, products that are uh, essential or really it really is just products that you can use at home are way up but products that are non-essential um like a travel related product are way down you know way down so sense. it depends um but when i'm talking about when i talk about when the next or when i say like the next two to three months will be you know a great time to enter amazon I'm assuming uh, that life will be back to similar normal uh, buying habits. Yeah. Um, so, but in general, what Corona has done is just given this year's Amazon sales like a little boost. Like everyone mm -hmm. knows that every year it's like growing, growing. But this year it's like, oh, it just took like a little skip up. Yeah. So, I mean, the big picture is, any year is a great time to enter the Amazon business. Amazon's not going anywhere. They're gonna take over the world. Um, so it's always a good time, but this year it's like, I think I think Ben, like one of our mentors, he was just saying e-commerce is up like one or 2% in, in total compared to last uh, March. Makes um, sense. So it's like, you know, there's like, an X number of extra billions of shopping that's going on this month compared to last year. Um, so there's that. And then there's also the, the interesting fact that um, some of these bigger brands on some of these bigger physical product brands um, are at risk of going bankrupt. Um, so I don't have any numbers on that, but you know, theoretically, let's say you want to come out with a travel-related product, you know, in and launch it in three months from now. Um, theoretically, some travel brands are going bankrupt right now, so they may be off of Amazon. So they're. They're, they're, some of these big and medium-sized physical product brands are in real trouble right now. So they may be screwed or, or whatever. So that's when people are saying there's more opportunity, less competition now. Because some of these companies okay. with big overhead, um, lots of employees, real estate they got to pay off. There may, be, you know, there may be a bunch of companies on Amazon that have, that have gone bankrupt or are totally screwed or whatever. So that's the philosophy around that is that's an opportunity for smaller sellers, smaller brands with very little overhead, you know, like mm -hmm. you and I know we don't have our own factories or warehouses or huge uh, employees to come in and uh, gain some of that market share. Okay. I, I, I assume that the risk is relatively low, especially like even even being like 200k 300k 400k a year or less like 
even if people just kind of stopped buying your product for now, just because of coronavirus, it wouldn't be too hard to just kind of hold off for two or three months and then yeah. resume compared yep. to like yeah. a huge company. Then you're just kind of yeah. <laughs> stuck. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, exactly. That ties into, yeah, that ties into a thing I was saying with having employees and uh, all these overheads. As a, as a small business, you have relatively little overhead. Uh, we just have our salaries and uh, our freelancer salaries, which uh, one of them is is pretty much not working uh, for us right now. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it depends on their cash flow situation. Um, so yeah, depends on how much cash you, cash you have saved up. Yeah, depends on the business, but yeah, we're going to be okay. Yeah, that's good. Um, and so I guess my final question, um, like being in college, the, the semester is pretty much over for me. Like I have one more final tomorrow and then I have like five months before the semester starts again. And who even knows like how that's all going to work if it's still online yeah. or whatever. Um, but, you know, I, I would like to think that if, if, uh, 40 to 60 hours is available in the week to really push something and money is there to, to handle development. Is it too unrealistic to expect that something reasonably set in place where like, I'm going to be in the junior core next semester It's going to be like rough <laughs> and I'll obviously have at least, you know, probably hopefully 10, 20 hours a week with the next mm -hmm. two semesters coming up but yeah. i have all the time in the world like even yeah. 80 hours you know like it's totally yeah. doable for me i'm a workaholic yeah, like that right so but i i yeah. just to invest so much time it's like a, a worry that i'll like go so far and then like the semester's gonna hit and it's just gonna be like oh, i was so close to getting it like set up ready to go but now i'm mm. stuck you know what i mean yeah that's the dilemma i'm facing right now because it sounds awesome oh but there oh, is like okay. a slight time crunch to like really getting it set up. Oh, uh, yeah, no, if you're working on this full time over the summer, over, uh, May, June, July, you can definitely have a product listed. Um, obviously it's up to you how fast you want to pull the trigger on that product, which is yeah. what I've noticed over the years. It's, as I've said in my recent videos, that's, that's a really scary thing for people to do to choose and pull it which is the idea for us of doing this 90 day challenge thing. So it's mm. like, you're forced to fucking pick and just fucking get something yeah. going. Um, so which I don't yeah, mind. What's that? I, I guess I, I don't mind that like pulling the trigger, like big deal. Let's do it. Like we're young, yeah. <laughs> like yeah. worst thing in the world. There goes a grand, but you can, you know, overcome a grand. No problem in the long yeah. scheme of things. The, but does does pulling the trigger too soon maybe increases your rate of failure from one in three products being successful to one in 10 because you're just really trying to make uneducated decisions? Yeah, that's a good question. And yes, it's a balance between being really smart of differentiating your product and you know doing the number crunching and doing the smartest product possible. I don't obviously have any data that says if you only spend this much, if you spend three months of research compared to 10, the success rate is bigger. But my hunch is probably not because you, this is an all business. Like you just never know until you throw it out there and see what happens and see what sticks to the wall. Like some products you would have never thought that it would have been a huge money maker. And then it takes off. Like some, some startups are just like, there's no way that pro that, company is going to blow up. Boom. And it blows up. Um, so I would probably lean towards just launching more products sooner than taking overly long time to perfect it and blah, 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 blah. Um, that being said, when you launch a test order of a, a product, you can always come out with version 2.0. And we've done that several times. So we tested the concept but there was something that was breaking or we had a complaint. Oh, okay. Let's make it better. 2.0. Um, and then launch that one next. Um, 
but to answer your question about once the semester starts, are you going to be stuck with it having being almost there? I would say that's not an issue because, uh, you know, there's no place, there's no like almost there. Like you can go from full time to 10, 20 hours a week. Um, it's not going to really make a difference. Like after you choose in your product, then it's pretty much smooth sailing from there. Living that life. We just living that life. Talking plus living that life. Listening to the Living That Life Digital Nomad Podcast. Hit the subscribe button on iTunes if you're a boss, and check out the YouTube channel for dope travel videos.